We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Clint Sterner's Football at Four. That's right, that's right. As Clint is out today, we're going to hold it down. Clint Sterner's football at four. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, as uh, Brandon Scott, SportsRadio610.com, catches work there. He'll, uh, he also joins in the loop every single Thursday at 11 o'clock. You can catch him tomorrow uh, on there tomorrow. Uh, so uh, be looking out for all of his work and everything he does. He does a great job here. Jake is holding it down as Tyler is, uh, is kicking it uh, on vacation. You know, it doesn't happen a lot, uh, but I'll have to admit I was wrong here. And, you know, me and Nick Casario, we have a uh, an interesting relationship. Uh, you know. <laughs> and interesting is one way to put it. Yeah, I mean, you know, cool. I, I like him as a, as a guy, and it uh, seems like a good dude. Uh, but we have an interesting relationship. Uh, some would say I've been hard on him. I just think I've just been honest with my opinion. But I think he, uh, I think he was right, and I was wrong. And he was. Uh, I think one decision he made last year that I, one of the decisions he made last year that I disagreed with was not finding a a new home for Laramie Tunnel. Yeah. Uh, and for me, I thought, boy, you're you're the space you're in. You need you need more draft capital. You got to use these assets, you know. I mean, maybe get some of this off the books. And after his season ended last year, to some sort of hand issue, he is out for the for the remaining 10, 11 games. Like you're, you know, you're hiring a new coach. You're trying to start stuff. Then he then he checks out of mini camp, mini camp or whatever. And my thoughts was, man, let's just move on. Let's just move on from this. See what kind of picks you can get. Left tackles that are as good as he is. Um, you can get a lot for it. Now, he hadn't played like he did this past year. This past year, he was one of the best left tackles, all pro level, yeah. is the way he played. Man on a mission. Uh, yes. And then as as we had uh, our our Texans insider, Brooks Cabino, on yesterday, he said he played every snap this year yeah. uh, for the Texans. Um, but I was wrong. That was the right move to keep him here. And it even looks really good now. That even though you're looking to draft and add a new quarterback right now, it is great to be able to lean on Laramie Tunzel, one of the best left tackles in the game on one side, and Titus Howard keeping him on the right side and playing there. So, Nick, that was the right move. I thought, I thought, I, I thought, boy, you, you want to move on from this. You're trying to start something, you're trying to build something. 
uh, and 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 then what he did at the end of last season, I was like, ah, I think you need to move on. But this is the right move, even moving into the future. And see, I remember being right there with you in terms of like the opinion, but the, I think what it was based on was more wrong than anything. Because if this had been true then I feel like we would have been right. But the feeling and the vibe we were getting from Laramie Tunsil was that he didn't want to be here, that he didn't want to be a part of this. And honestly, a lot of us could sympathize or at least understand why somebody would think that. Like if you get traded here or traded to this place at a time when it's competitive, when it has a franchise quarterback, when it has postseason aspirations. You sign a new deal with that franchise and then quarterback. You sign, new, you sign a new deal with them. You get your own new deal. Like all of that. Everything surrounding the Laramie Tunsil trade to begin with was in an effort to be competitive because you already were. You already had a winning team, a winning franchise. The whole purpose of having Laramie Tunsil on the team seemed to go away once everything went down the toilet. So at that point, it's like, okay, what use does Lar- what use does an all-pro level left tackle have on a team that doesn't have a quarterback and is just straight up not competitive, does not have even aspirations of winning in its own division much less going to the Super Bowl so like from that standpoint it just did not seem to make sense from a fit perspective like a fit standpoint in terms of like who like does should he be here at this term at this time of his career where the Texans are you heard what what Deshaun Watson said we were going in different directions I was going one way and the team was going another well it really felt that way with Laramie Tunsil last year which is why I thought that they should get rid of him but we were wrong I think the main thing I was wrong about was his level of commitment to the team and his desire to be here. I didn't know because we didn't really hear from him. I didn't know that it was to the level that it's at. Now, some of that could be him trying to get a new deal and all of that, but it seems like the guy wants to be here, whereas last year, you know, after five games, he doesn't play anymore, and you're looking around and you're like, man, why would anybody worth a damn want to be here anyway? From the trailer, Will and Frame text line, we all knew you were wrong, show. I'm sure I was the only one who thought, boy, let's – uh, let's make a move on Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, I don't it, really remember it that way. I feel like we all do. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there were, was a time where everybody felt like if you could get a second round pick for Laramie Tunsil, you would do, do it. it. Like, yeah, man, and it, it, it did. It did feel like a deal of I don't want to ever call nobody some quitters because I don't know what these guys are going through body wise or whatever. But it, it, it there was real questions of man, he really can't go. Yeah, like this many times, you know, he can't go. But he, but he turned that around. He turned that around. And I'll be honest with you, Brandon, I, I think a lot of it comes from, like, now I really got to see what a veteran can look like who don't want to be here, who can make it real. <laughs> like, now, like, watching Brandon Cooks has made me feel a lot better than than I did about, about Laramie Tunsil. Because I think my feelings about Cooks were very – Similar to how I was about Tunsil. About Tunsil. Like, yeah. hey, man, he shut it down. He's missing games. But no, like, like Tunsil's just chill. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm away. Not, I try not to be no distraction with it. No. Now, Brandon Cook showed out you. I'm going to come out and completely show my ass. So, Brand, I think Brandon Cook's, his actions and what he's done has made me feel better about Laramie Tunsil. How surprising is it that the view on them as, like, leader and pillar of the team has flipped entirely i think between like i don't think Tuntle is viewed the way cooks was before this whole thing happened but you you view him as somebody who's a leader on the team clearly and that you want to keep around 
Whereas you probably view Brandon Cooks the exact opposite. Like they've done a complete flip flop in terms of how they're viewed publicly. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hell, one not just publicly. One of them. Yeah, one week, one got the, the the captaincy taken off of him, and the next guy got it put on him. Yeah. They took it from Brandon and put it on Larry Tunzel. Yeah. It's wild. It is. White eighty. White eighty. All right. The story that won't go away. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. He is. Uh, he is back from his darkness. Whatever. Uh, and uh, here are reports. Aaron said that uh, he found his. An inner peace, Brandon, during his four-day darkness retreat last week with uh, whatever his football future holds. But he did not reveal what that decision is or whether he has made it. He said, though, it is best for anybody who has interest to make a decision sooner rather than later. Do it. Just do it. Just do it, man. Put all that yapping. And, and, And I do a pretty good job of not giving too much... Uh, thought and attention to Aaron Rodgers, the stuff that I don't really care for. But man, just do it. Do it or don't. Like 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 Marlo Stanfield said in the wire, do it or don't, but I got some place to be. <laughs> and he was talking about murdering somebody on yeah, that, by the way. But 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 still, forget the context. Do it or don't, I got some place to be. That's what I got to say to Aaron Rodgers. I am I, I will say, Aaron, I know Aaron is a big star. And listen, people it contrary to what some of you may believe out there, like people don't talk about this unless they are finding clear that there is major interest. I am really surprised how much interest is is found upon Aaron Rodgers from from football fans, like of this stuff, not the football stuff, but like like how big that he's going on a darkness retreat, or how big like all of the all of the stuff. That that doesn't pertain to him actually being on the field. Yeah, like well, I, that like that blow that that does blow me away a little bit. And I'm talking about it because like it's it is like it's a it's always like the top story on yeah. a lot of sites and in top conversations on a lot of sites. Well, you know, media people like to talk to really any player, but especially great players like Aaron Rodgers is and has been, who have a personality that's not bland and just consistent with the run-of-the-mill football football leagues, football speak that you get from a lot of these figures. Like, Aaron Rodgers is a different type of guy and somebody that will give you different types of quotes and insight as a star football athlete. So a lot of people are not used to that, and so they gravitate toward it and try to take the most of it that they can. But it just does not move me. But but I think that's, it does, the, it does. I think that's the reason why, though. He's a star player people, who talks – because he's a star player who talks different from star players, especially in football. Yeah. Like basketball is a little bit different. Even baseball, you get a, all kind of different personalities. Like I, I, like I but get quarterback the, in, I, in the NFL, you get really one type of personality. I, like I get the when he throws his teammates under the bus and stuff like that because that's that's to the field. Yeah, no, I like, like it. this I McAfee like it. thing. Like he go every time he goes on there. Like I mean the numbers and the ratings that it gets, and then it's used next day on. And yeah. sometimes it's not really about football. Like this darkness retreat. The darkness d- retreat and the uh, uh, forcing him forcing himself to doo-doo. That, yeah. that the doo-doo and throw up thing. Yeah. Like the amount of interest that people the, had uh, on ayahuasca. What, what do you call that? The thing that they did on the uh, on the best man. The pee pee boo boo throw throw. Yeah, yeah, because it make you do make you do that. Yeah, it make you pee pee boo boo throw throw. Up, 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 up. Like that the interest 
that people had in that is wild to me, man. Like you said, just make a decision. Um, I could I could see either way. There's some there's some landing spots. I'm telling you, boy, if I were him, there's a couple like there's some spots not been talked about, like him in Seattle. You think that would be good? Oh yeah, yeah. Because Pete is huh. Pete is a, 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 a kind of a personality that I think. Yeah, he's got, and he's got weapons there. He's got DK weapons. Yeah, and Tyler. That's interesting. And, you know, I hadn't thought Kenneth, about Seattle. Walker, huh? Uh, in the backfield, and they got you know they got ammo. I got the picks from Denver. Like I, I, that would be a. I mean, just imagine what they did with Geno and yeah. then him on that team. And, and if Seattle was going to move on from Geno, obviously Aaron Rodgers is somebody you would move yeah. on for, and he would be a better option, I think, than what they would be able to do at quarterback in in the draft, unless they were trading all the way up to get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, yeah. which I don't think they're that they're doing. No, so yeah, yeah, yeah I, I especially if they ain't got to give up that fifth pick. But you know they've got multiple picks with the yeah. Russell yeah. Wilson trade. So Interesting. That's Seattle. Huh, I'm going to think I, on that. Because I've heard him in within the NFC, and if that's going to happen, Seattle would make a ton of sense. Red 22. The Bengals, Brandon, said uh, on the trade rumors with T. Higgins, and that's been going on a lot, is they're ridiculous is what their general manager said and pushed like they're not going to trade uh, T. Higgins. Yeah. To the point of saying, find your own wide receiver. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'd be telling them. Can't they, I, can't they franchise him? They Well, here's the deal. It's still a line from Clint Sterner. Here's the deal. Uh, <laughs> here's the deal. So that you know they're going to have to pay Burrow, I mean, the number probably the highest contract in the history of the sport. Yeah. Whether him or Herbert comes first. They're going to play pay them or Lamar, which they don't seem like that's the case. But I think he's going to make – if if it ain't guaranteed, it may not be the two thirty like, uh, you know, like uh, Deshaun, but it will be the overall largest contract. Yeah, you know they're gonna pay Chase. Uh, like that is that is, and that's probably going to be the largest wide receiver contract we've seen. How much they got to give T Higgins? That's my thing. Like with the with with it going up to me, I think this is the hallmark of their team. <laughs> yeah. Like those two dudes. They are a lot different if you don't have that. Like I don't now, I do believe Joe is a an elite guy, and you would think, can he get can he do it with Chase? And maybe they find cheaper options in the draft and do things like that. Yeah. Sure, but boy, this has been their like this has been their team, is those two guys. I don't know, man. If this is your team, and they're and as long as they can keep Lou over there, who has shown he could just make it work, right? With no matter who is over there, they got to fix that offensive line some way. But I mean, I, I I could see paying all three of them. Yeah, I mean, the, for one thing, it's one of the cheaper and poor franchises in all of the NFL. Well, that's the other part. But but Mike they Brown. have finally found this success. Like I wonder, I wonder how much of what Joe Burrow has brought to that organization, like how much is that has translated into like actual dollars and cents. And if they can make the case for themselves of, Hey, we're not the bottom feeding type of franchise that we were before. We've got a legitimate franchise quarterback. We've got a legitimate contender year in and year out. A quarterback who has said himself that our window is for as long as he is our quarterback. Like, to me, it makes sense to now invest in this window. Can Joe Burrow and, I think this is important, and Zach Taylor 
together, because I, I don't know how long Callahan, the OC, will be there. But can those three, could they, can they, can they function the way that Mahomes and Reed did this year, losing Tyreek Hill? Like they had Kelsey and they'd have Chase. Oh yeah. Can they, you think they can still function and be as good as an offensive team, losing one of them? Yeah, I, I think it would matter. Like, so the thing is, how does the quarterback respond? And I think Joe Burrow has shown you that he can yeah. dial it up and, and and deliver it to a bunch of different places, like a bunch of different receivers. He's fully capable of doing that, so I wouldn't have a, a, an issue with that. The thing about it is, is that T. Higgins is an actual de- uh, difference maker. Like, you're yeah. not you're not going to be able to just replicate in similar fashion as Tyreek Hill, but that's not something that you're going to be able to replicate. To me, you're better off paying that yeah. because. And honestly, this is not disrespect to Joe Burrow. I know he's not Patrick Mahomes, but you don't have an Andy Reid either. That's like, what I'm saying. Like That's you, why I brought all of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, no. Because so, so the the gap between newsflash here, the gap between Andy Reid and Zach Taylor is much more significant than the gap between Joe Burrow and and Patrick Mahomes. So, like to me, you have to factor that into it. Like you want you want this to be personnel heavy and like go with what got you there, which is the players. All right. Uh, listen, if you're a Houston sports fan, you don't want to miss this one. Uh, you ain't going to want to miss this conversation coming up in five minutes because this one is about all of you. All of you. We'll discuss that coming up next. But before we get there, uh, fellas out there, if you are uh, if you are one who is struggling uh, with testosterone, if that is something that you're, you're looking for that boost, you're feeling tired, or you're, you're just struggling with fatigue and all of that, Go to Low T Center. Listen, I've been with Low T Center almost three years now. My guy Kenny down at the uh, Katy location really took care of me and uh, helped change my life. Helped with not just testosterone, but all different type of uh, of health potential issues that I could have been having. And it really helped me. It was one of the things that spurred me to try to lose weight and to take care of my body. And uh, listen, they have it all, man. They they offer affordable and convenient options for you. The first thing you want to do is to make your health a priority and schedule your annual health assessment today. Listen, it's covered by most health insurances or less than $100 cash out of your pocket. Go to LowTCenter.com right now and book your appointment online today. Don't wait anymore. Book it today. That's LowTCenter.com, LowTCenter, reinventing men's health care. Sports Radio 610 presents Clint Sterner and the show. Clint's out today. He'll be back in tomorrow. Tyler out as well. Uh, He'll be back uh, next week. He's on vacation. Brandon Scott, Jake in the building. A couple of Houstonians. Uh, Both of y'all born and raised, right? I know you are. Jake, you born and raised? Born and raised. Born and raised. All right. Only the furthest I've lived from here is Beaumont. I want Huntsville. I, I I want everybody all hands on deck. Uh, trailer will and frame text line seven one three five seven two four six ten. You can jump in. You can call in as well. So, uh, you know, obviously, I've been here almost three years, and I've uh, really enjoyed my time here. Love the city. Um, but I am not a Houstonian like you two are. I'm not born and raised here. And might I add, some of y'all like to throw that out at me, <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you, I ain't the only one. That yeah. is not born and raised from here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, y'all, uh, all of y'all can't be perfect. <laughs> there you all go. right. We appreciate y'all anyway. I was, ta- I was talking to a guy, and, and, and we both know him in the business. Uh, he is uh, he is at uh, one of the uh, the bigger cities, bigger markets in the country. 
like Houston, and he said, "Man, what's the feel about the Rockets? Like, how do the how do the people feel about the Rockets?" I'm like, uh, well, it's rough right now. Like, define re- define feel. And he said, is it, <laughs> he said, is it rough because they're they're just this bad? I said, yeah. I just said, I I, I don't know how big, like how on the mind they are unless they are really, really good. And then he also talked about, yeah, man, boy, like, like those games, everything we heard about the Texans games, there were so many other teams, fans that were there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he said, and he, then he said the P word. He said, is there a, he says, is there just not that, is it just not a passionate sports town? And I said, oh man. Hmm. Uh, I might take that to the air. <laughs> and, and 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 I and as I thought through it, and what I said to him was, no, because, I mean, like every city, there's some psychos. I said, but you know, when I first moved here, I thought, boy, I'd compare it a lot to Miami, compare it a lot to, you know, even Los Angeles at times, just you know, cities like that, Miami. Uh, yeah. uh, cities like that, warm weather cities that have yeah. things going on. I said for me, my and I raised the question, and I'm throwing it out to you guys and everybody out there: Is it that Houston fans, sports fans, is it that they lack passion, or is it that when things go to hell in a handbasket, they just got things to do that people don't have to do in Detroit or in Chicago, especially when it's cold. Or in Boston or in Philly, because the passion comes out differently in those places yeah. than it does here. Is it is it is it that they that the fans here lack passion, or is it that they have just more to do? I lean towards the latter. I I I think it's depending on. I think it's a little column A, little column B. Mm. Yeah. Um, especially from the town, you go back into the nineties when we won back to back championships. Me, I'm 38, so that's what I remember. And to see us where we are now as the Rockets, you know, we come back, then we have to rebuild. Then we come back, we have to rebuild. So it's kind of that cycle where why am I doing this? Let me just see where we go. Who do we draft? See, I think see that's, where we move yeah. up. I think that's different than not having passion. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people check out when it, when it stinks. Yeah, from the 713 right here, it says, we are passionate but not blindly stupid. I think that you can go places and still find passionate sports fans. But the thing is, it's like the passion for the pro teams does not necessarily reflect the the passion of sports fans in this area. Yeah. Like, So you'll still go and find in different areas. Like if you go on the east side, you go, go, go to where Clint is from and see how passionate the folks are in Baytown about their teams or just at, at North Shore or on the west side or about Katie. Like, it's hyper, super local, and I think people are passionate about what they have going on in their insular communities, but I don't think that that passion for the pro teams is necessarily the same or on the same level as other places, and I think it's a number of reasons for that. Like, for one, it's a transplant city, so you've got a lot of different allegiances. Like, I'm a native Houstonian, but my dad's not from here. Moved here in 1979. Mm-hmm. Never, never there were a ad- lot of transplants yeah. like myself. Never adopted the cities. Never did that. Like, or, or I should say, the city's sports teams still roots yeah, for yeah. the teams from where he's from, even though he's been here again since 1979. I think you've got part of it that that's that, 
And then the other part is we don't really have, and especially you were talking about the Rockets earlier, we don't really have that history of that a lot of those other places have of like, hey, either they have a history of sustained success yep. or they're one of the original franchises or early franchises to get to a place. Like we don't have that. The Rockets don't resonate in Houston the way, say, the Knicks do in New York mm-hmm. or the Celtics yeah. do in Boston yeah. or even the way the 76ers do in Philadelphia. And to that point, the way even the Lakers do nationwide, worldwide, yeah. but especially even in Los Angeles. So I think that's the different, uh, the or the difference, but you definitely have passionate sports fans. And I don't think this applies to our listeners either. Like the people that are listening to this show are more than likely passionate sports fans. But I don't know if it necessarily the translates. Overall. They're yeah. like, I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if overall sports fandom in this town in this area necessarily translates into into radio listenership and calling the phone lines and and, that, and, that and making is, a big deal out of the Rockets being a dumpster right? That is different in, yeah. in, in those other places: Detroit, Boston, Philly, Chicago, where he's from. Like those places, yep. it's so cold. There's not there's not especially in those months yeah. not a lot to do when their teams yeah. stink it up like the Rockets or the Texans, like. They ain't gotta go to Gal. They can't go to Galveston. Yeah. They don't have great weather. They don't have different things like it is to do here. They run and yell and scream and wear bags on their heads and go to the game still anyway because there ain't nothing else to do. And to the point you're saying, boy, the Boston Red Sox have been woven into their city. Yeah. The Celtics the same way. Yeah. The Lions, the Tigers, the Pistons the same way. The Bears. The yeah. Cubs the yeah. same way. Because people said they've had their heart broken. Trust, the people in Chicago have had their hearts broken too. But like you said, we do see it in, in, in the numbers of, of how the passion goes yeah. from well, from spot to spot. Well, like like B. Scott was saying about the passion, and I agree with you about the pro, because if you look at high school and college yeah. sports, period, especially when you look at football, you see little towns out here, El Campo, Warden, yeah. They shut down on Friday Extremely nights passionate. for football. So the sport itself has that passion. But, yeah, we're, we're not blind to how the pro teams and, do and, and, and think about, like, football being the, the, the chief sport here, like the mm-hmm. main sport here. And then I was talking about that history point. Well, we definitely don't have that in football anymore. Yeah, would it like, be different yeah. if, the, if the Oilers were here it, the entire time? It's irrelevant. I think that's a relevant question. And, and, but, and also if they had done anything since then. Like if they yeah. – like would, would, the, would the Oilers brand still be consistent of that, of the choke artists from that year when they lost to the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs? Like would that still be their brand? You know what I mean? Like, and, and will they have established a little bit more than that? I think that the fact that you have a five-year gap between the Oilers leaving and the Texans coming here, though – I think that that is a significant part that's hard to uh, to overlook. I, I, and, and, and I think that's a really fair point. Here from the trailer wheel and frame text line as you're coming in hot, heavy. Houston fans are passionate, but we when our team's product sucks, then we'll check out. <sighs> Listen, this, this is where I want to defend places like Houston. And I, hell, I'll just defend Houston right now. And, and now that we're talking through it, I, I don't think... It is fair to judge passion based on your reaction to a team sucking. Okay. Like, I, I don't think that's fair. To me, like, yes, in Detroit, in Boston, and Philly, when their teams stink, their re- re- response and reaction is to run to the phones, run, to, yeah. which helps which helps their radio stations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, their, and the interest, but run to the phones and just go off. 
right. about how much that Jonathan Gannon has pissed them off, how much that 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 the that Joel Embiid or Harden has pissed them off in Philly. I don't think that that is a judge of passion. Just yeah. because when the Rockets suck, like they do right now, once again, folks, they have not won since February 1st. When the Rockets suck, I don't think it's fair to say that Houston's less passionate because their response is to go and enjoy life because they have the ability where they live to enjoy life, to do things, as opposed to go out there with sacks on their heads and bags on their heads, right. still waste the damn money that they're spending, and then come call on the radio. I'd love to hear you. I'd yeah. love to, and not to say they're not passionate. I mean, listen, Larry, Larry and Stafford is passionate. Tony is, is is passionate. Our guy Troy is passionate. A lot of people are passionate. Yeah, maybe it's just not as many. Yeah. Well, Here. well, and and I think it also looks different. Like I think you have to also consider that the NBA fan base and audience leans a lot younger. So for all of the energy that we don't get on the phone lines about the Rockets being bad, oh, if you're on Twitter, try one yep. of those Twitter Social spaces. Social media is blowing up. Try one of those Twitter spaces when the Rockets are bad. Or, or like I, I was telling somebody the other day, I remember watching or, or being in a Twitter spaces during halftime of one of those Kings games, like the one where Jalen Green comes off the bench and gets suspended. One of those games where they're in Sacramento and they're doing a Twitter spaces at halftime of a meaningless NBA game. There's passion, and I just think it comes in different places and looks a lot differently here than it does in other places. All right, let's go live to West Palm Beach, and I, I, I bet you we can jump in with Sean with this conversation because he's a guy that's lived in Chicago and, and, and now lives in Houston as well. We'll get his thoughts on this and what's happening uh, down with the Astros. Hunter Brown started today, and apparently it didn't go well. We'll get Sean's thoughts on all of that coming up next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, welcome back into The Drive as Clint Sterner is out today. He'll be back in tomorrow. Um, But it is 440, and uh, while our guys are out there painting Pendergast live in West Palm Beach covering the start of of spring baseball thanks to our good friends at Shoppers John Deere who have uh, helped to get these guys down there Sean I got to bring you in man you're you're uh we'll we'll get to we'll get to what you saw today and uh in Hunter Brown's performance uh in a bit but we got to jump you into this conversation here I just uh as the text line is going crazy here we just had a discussion here uh, a, a guy in the industry that we know is in one of those big major markets. I was talking to him uh, the other day, and he he asked. He said, "Hey man, how are things with the how do how do people respond or feel about the Rockets?" And uh, I said, not, "Not great." And he was like, "Boy, and it looked like there were a lot of a lot of games with the Texans where other teams were were having more fans there." And he asked, "Is there a lack of passion with the sports fans?" In Houston, and it just kind of led me to the thought and the question. I threw it out as as Brandon and everybody uh, it started to comment about, it, and I want to throw it to you: Is this is this is Houston lack passion when it compares to those cities like Philly, Chicago, Detroit, or anything like that, or do you sense it as more of hey, when things go awry or bad with teams, people here in Houston just have something to do and have more to do. Than to than to show their their passion by losing their minds every day. 
Yeah, it's a tricky one. I, I think it's more the latter. I mean, I've lived in those other places. I grew up in the Northeast. I listened to WFAN growing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I've, I've grown up in the Northeast. So, I, like, I, you know, it's funny. Like, the Patriots, to me, are the prime example. Like, it, it, there are Patriot fans who act like, man, we've lived and died for 50 years with this team. <laughs> man, there was a time where that, that, that stadium was half full for a ton of years. You know what I mean? And, and I know there are cities that, where the love is unconditional for their teams in terms of attendance and things like that. And there's no denying, like on the radio up there, you know, the radio, the, the, the radio stations in our genre pull 10 and 20 shares at times, you know, and, and for those who don't know what a 10 and 20 share is, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a yeah. big audience. Um, but I always, I think, you know, to me, like Houston has always been like when you, when you put a good product out there, um, they show up, you know, Houstonians show up. I choose to believe show that it means that Houston's are wise, Houstonians are wise consumers. I don't look at it as a passion issue. I look at it as a customer service issue. Well, and Sean, that's one of the reasons why I think it's really cool for you and Seth and Adam to be in West Palm Beach and to be covering the Astros in this specific moment in time because at a point that I was making to show about all of this and one of the differences between this major market and its teams and some of those other ones that we're talking about is sort of this history and I feel like the sports teams here just don't have that built-in history, and that has a lot to do with it as well. Like, you know, the the Boston sports fan, everybody that's alive now, well, the Red Sox won a World Series before anybody was born. You know, the, the Boston yeah, Celtics yeah. won championships 60 years ago. So if you're of a reasonable age now, all you've ever known is, they like, there's some type of history tied to it. And I think for Houston – it's the Astros that are really for the first time establishing that first sustained level of success where, you know, there's going to be a generation of Astros fans that's going to be able to talk about, hey, when I was growing up, the Astros went to the ALCS every year. Whereas I think yeah. right now the generation yeah. of adult doesn't necessarily have that in any of the sports. Yeah, no, this is our first dynasty. You know what I mean? Right, like, exactly. This is, our first thing, this is our first thing we've ever had that we can even argue being a dynasty in Houston, you know, because there's only been – you know what? Two rocket titles and now two Astro titles. Yeah, and, so, and the and the rocket uh, titles, Sean, were ones that people were very easy to discount, right? Because Jordan wasn't there. Yeah. Like I feel like even in its own league, those Rockets titles are kind of looked at with a little bit of a not a side eye, but a little bit of a not not as much kind of passion and fervor. I think the point you brought up, Brandon, about um, about the you know length of time that franchise is a really good I've never thought of. Like we're we're like we're like three generations short of some of these yeah. fans that have been rooting for teams in Chicago and in the Northeast, L.A. You know, not so you know they, their teams are, are transient teams that move from other places by and large. Um, but but I think that's an interesting one I'd never thought of is we're only like you know three four generations into Astro fans were you know probably short of that generation short of Rocket fans and Texan fans were like into into the second generation of Texan fans. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, the Texans are basically almost a teenager of a franchise. Yeah, it may be different. Yeah. If the, it may yeah. be different if the Oilers had it just stayed all the way through. There, there may be a different feel there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Sean. What'd you see today? Uh, Hunter Brown. He threw. Made his debut in the spring. He threw today. Uh, the line doesn't look great. What did you see? Uh, I I saw a guy who gave up no hard contact at all. In the 32 pitch inning, like none. The one hit he gave up was literally a squibber that the third baseman had to charge, and then didn't he throw because it was so it was the squibbiest squibber ever. 
Um, so he gave up no hard contact, but he had major control issues, including a couple of walks. He hit a batter. Maldi didn't help with a catcher's interference along the way. Like, they put together two runs, and the only ball out of the infield was a fly ball. You know, it was like a soft fly ball to center field. So it would control, which Adam Spillane had said to us this morning when we were saying, what are you looking for from Hunter Brown? And Spillane said, throw strikes, mm. um, which has been an issue for him at times. He, he had major control issues today. Now, we talked to him after his outing. Like, you, these guys who start these games – they're available to the media right after they start. So by like the third or fourth inning, when uh, when you butt dialed me, show actually I was uh, I was down in the clubhouse right. yeah. talking Accidental. to Hunter Brown. Yes, um, and and Hunter Brown sounded more optimistic about it than the box score would let on. He said, you know, he said I I uh, was trying some things out with my slider. I threw a couple I thought really good sliders. I just couldn't get him to chase. Um, so he was he was a more optimistic about it than we were, and B he was you know I. He was saying this in response to a question. He wasn't making an excuse, but he was basically like, I've had this outing and then like an outing against my own teammates, and that's really the only live rounds that I've thrown here um, through, uh, you know, through a, a week or so of spring training. So um, he doesn't seem to be too rattled by it. But, yeah, it, wasn't, it was not like Luis Garcia yesterday where we were all giving him the Cy Young Award after. <laughs> yeah. Sean, how do you – and I'm, I'm curious about this because you guys are there for, for spring training and there's some of the – it's obviously the earliest look that you get at the baseball team in a in a long season, the longest season of all the sports that we cover. But how do y'all avoid overreacting to what you see at spring training? You know, like how do y'all yeah. – like good good or bad, like J.J. Matajevic hits a, a home run to center, a ball that carries in the wind. Like how do you watch that and think, oh, you know, not get too carried away with some of the stuff you see, whether it's positive or negative? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think – I think some of it, like this, I may be breaking kayfabe here a little bit with our genre that we're in, but I, like, I, like we're in sports talk radio, we're programmed to overreact to some of this stuff, aren't we? Yeah. Like, isn't that how we create some of these topics that we do by overreacting to things? So, I don't know, B. Scott, that I necessarily curb my overreaction at all. You know, when <laughs> Jose Altuve struck out three times in the first game we went to this week, I was nervous when I got on the air the next morning. You know, and I, I think I was kind of legitimately nervous just watching him ignoring the fact that he's going to have like 600 plate appearances this year and this was three in florida you. when it wasn't even marked yet yeah, yeah. like i i um i don't i've never really like thought to myself i need to tamp back how i'm reacting here like i think some of it is like with like a guy like matajevich um like i'm not really overreacting to that because i just don't think he's a core part of what they're going to do this year you know what i mean like if it like for example if it were if it were Chas McCormick doing it last year when there's a battle for center field, you know, then there's an opportunity to overreact. I think some of it's contingent on the magnitude of the player, and I think some of it are flames that are being fanned by these rule changes this year because there's nothing to do but over. We've never seen this stuff before. We've never seen a pitch clock before. You know what I mean? We've never seen the bigger base before, which has been the least intrusive of the changes. But the, the shifts, it's been interesting to watch from vantage point that we have in the press the entire time seeing how teams are are still shifting but doing it within the rules, you know, like pushing the boundaries of, you know, like David Hensley yesterday. Any left? All right, Sean, here. There's no shift. They're back to 
Here, Sean, your your yeah. phone's breaking what? up here, man. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna jump in. You're breaking oh, sorry. up. Yeah, you're good. You're, you're gonna break up. We're breaking in. We're gonna break in here a little bit. Yeah, he's out. He's, he's out there in them, he's uh, out there in in them Florida streets, streets man. man. Streets. It's like that sometimes. No, we no, we appreciate you jumping in. It got a little choppy there, but uh, but we'll we'll talk to you tomorrow and uh, and uh, right, hopefully man. hopefully things get better there. All right. Okay. All right. That, that's Sean Pendergast uh, as uh, Payne and Pendergast. They're live in West Palm Beach covering the start of spring baseball. Thanks to uh, Shoppers and uh, John Deere. Appreciate him jumping on. See, yeah, I, I did. I did. And maybe we'll get with him tomorrow about that because we hadn't talked to him um, when uh, when we talked to him tomorrow. I, you talked about the freakout. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, not to get over, not to overdo it. Yeah. I, I think it's a fair freakout with uh with uh with Mister Jordan Altuve or Alvarez. Mister Jordan uh, Alvarez. Oh, oh yeah. I, I think there's a fair freakout with the hand. Yeah. And I feel like Sean kind of rolls in the same space that I rolls with the anytime Jordan Alvarez has a bit of an injury or something that you're concerned, especially an injury that we've been told now is 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 moved past a week and could go to the middle of spring training before he enters yeah. games. If they just weren't so damn secretive about injuries and, and like didn't talk in code all the damn time, like then it wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't feel that way. But like. So just tell us what's wrong with the hand. If it's devastating, let us know. If it's not, let us know. But all we know is hand soreness. That's why. Like, is it broke? Is it sprained? See, I'm glad I'm talking to you. Like, like what? What? What is it? So I, I was reading the text y'all, line y'all, yesterday was blowing me away. Oh, I don't want to know. Why do? Why, why, do, why should they have? That's to ridiculous. Tell us? Well, I mean, okay. all right. So I would like to know just so I know how I should react. Like, you don't have to tell me anything, but without the information, I'm led to draw my own conclusions, which is not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. But, yeah, no, I would rather know. Like, I, I was watching the text line when y'all were having a discussion about Jordan earlier in the week, or maybe it was last week, and somebody was like, hey, bring in a hand specialist. Bring in a medical, uh, you know, expert that can come in and talk about it. I'm like, yeah, that would be great. But the thing is, we don't even know what to ask him because all we know about is hand soreness. We don't even have a diagnosis and actual injury to say, hey, what can you tell us about straining this or breaking this bone in your hand or whatever it is like it was never any of that it's just hand soreness all right well what that mean because on the positive side i just take it to believe or i use it to believe oh he just hit the ball so damn hard that his hands hurt and and i'm like okay cool if if that's if that's a side effect of being just a badass on the baseball field and the fact that you can hit home runs i'll take it but if it's worse than that i'd like to know especially since this was a deal that occurred yes last year this was the entire second half of last year, this this hand thing. I would have thought that that would have been rectified uh, this year. So we'll see. I I'll talk to Sean. We'll talk to Sean tomorrow about this to see uh, what what his freakout level is and what the feel is and what he's hearing around things there. All right, D'Amico Ryan. He spoke to the media today. We got a little five o'clock fire coming up, and uh, D'Amico spoke about a. Um, a player that I guess you could describe as polarizing, at least. At the very least, he spoke about a player that uh, this city uh, feels different ways about. We'll let you hear what he had to say and who that player is coming up next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.